Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 12 this morning for a message titled, Paying the Price. Verse 51, and this is one of the costs. Do you suppose that I came to give peace to the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. Now, this is kind of interesting to me. Jesus says, do you suppose I came to give peace to the earth? No. Division. Wait a minute. Jesus says almost the opposite of that in John chapter 3. Now, of course, we know that he says, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But then right after that, he said, and up on the slide you'll see it, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the, but that the world through him might be saved. And so Jesus, he, he didn't come to condemn the world, but that, that through, through him the world might be saved. Well, what, what's this? I didn't come to bring peace to the earth, but division. It almost seems to be the opposite of what the angels proclaimed at Jesus' birth. Remember, if you remember the Christmas story, which I think we all know that, if you know anything about the Bible, you know that, that the shepherds were watching their fields and the flocks by night, and all of a sudden there was a heavenly host around them, proclaiming to them that in the city of Bethlehem, the son of David had been born, the Messiah, the, the prince is, is born. And they said, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So what is Jesus saying that he's not come to bring peace, but to bring division? Now, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because Jesus does come and God does come and sends his son into the world to make peace with mankind. But the whole world, as the Bible tells us, is under the sway of the wicked one. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1, he came to his own, but his own would not receive him. But as many as would receive him, he gave them the right to become children of God. So we see that happening as Jesus comes into the world and he shines his light into, into mankind. And we have that choice, don't we, to, to say yes to Jesus or to say no to Jesus. And maybe you talk to some people who have said yes to Jesus and they're very excited. The fire comes in them and they're excited about everything that God is doing in their life and God is changing them. But then you, you meet other people who say no to Jesus. And it's a very different story, isn't it? They don't want anything to do with it. In fact, they can be angry about it. They can be hostile towards you. And, and the unexpected consequence of that decision is that you will find yourself sometimes at odds with the people that you love the most. And so Jesus tells us in verse 52, for from now on, for from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against her mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. We already knew that. And daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And I know that some of you have felt this. You got saved, you came home, you talked to your parents about it, or you talked to your spouse about it, you're like, I just accepted Jesus. And they're like, oh, you did what? 
You know, and, and people who are going through a hard time, you know, I don't know how many people I've, I've heard, you know, say these words, man, I've never been happier in my life. They're going through the divorce, they're going through the difficulty, or they're going through the storm, and, and yet they, in that, they came and they talked to, to me or to one of the pastors about Jesus, or they talked to a friend about Jesus, and you're kind of discipling them through that, and you're telling them, get in the Bible, be in the Bible every day, you know, drop everything at the, at the feet of the Lord, you know, press into him, and they do, and they're like, I feel so much joy, and my life has never been more messed up, but I feel so much happiness, so much joy. I love it when I hear that, and, and it's, it's the experience of so many people. But then I also hear, boy, my family isn't happy. You'd think, you know, they thought I was suicidal because of that divorce, but now they're upset that I'm a Christian. It's almost like they'd rather me kill myself. And that's no joke. I mean, people are, are openly hostile, and we experienced this. I'm, my wife experienced this when she first became a Christian. It was very hard for LDS family to, to, to grapple with the fact that she, you know, as she told them, I, I found the truth. And they did not want to hear that. You know, that was, and, I, and she came to me, she's like, boy, they're not happy. And I said, you know, I get it. You know, I mean, they kind of believe this way and you're saying that's not true. I'm going this way. And, and that's got to be hard for them. And so we, we, you know, a lot of compassion on that side, but there was a lot of hostility at first. It took a long time to win them over and that we weren't their enemies. But this could have caused problems for you at work. It could have caused problems for you amongst your friends. I know when I became a Christian, I lost friends. Maybe you're one of those people who had to flee your country as a refugee to try to find sanctuary somewhere else because they were going to, they're coming down on Christians, persecuting Christians. We have people in our church that have had that experience. They're fleeing for their lives and leaving everything behind. And, and, and that sometimes is the cost of following Jesus. But what is the cost of not following Jesus? You see, that's really what we have to weigh because there, there is an immediate benefit to saying, you know, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of tough and my family's not real happy about it and my wife's saying she's going to leave me and, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think maybe it's not worth it. And I get that, you know, I get it. You know, going to lose your job, going to, you know, be exiled from your country, going, going to be at odds with your family. It's a tough choice to make. And there is a cost to it. And so we can, we can avoid that cost just by saying, okay, you know, never mind. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be thrown to the lions. I just, I just want to have peace. I just want to be at peace. I don't want to cause any trouble or be in trouble with the government. I don't want that. I'm just going to just kind of go my way. And certainly people make that decision. In fact, Jesus sometimes invites people to make that decision in, in John chapter 6 when, when people were, were wanting to follow Jesus and they're asking him, are you going to feed us you know, fishes and loaves for the rest of our lives like Moses did in the wilderness with, with the manna? And Jesus said, no, no, my, my flesh is, is true food and my blood is, is true drink. And they did not understand what he was talking about, nor did they want to stick around to even find out what he was talking about. And it says many left and, and departed from him and didn't follow him any longer. Because sometimes the things that Jesus says and the things that Jesus asks are very difficult for us to understand. And, and, and you know, the, the cost is just seems too high. And so people walk away. People walk away. But what's the cost of not following Jesus? Verse 54, he, then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say a shower is coming and so it is. And you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? 
What is he talking about this time? We have to understand the context of this. He's talking to a, a Jewish multitude here. And, and Jesus has turned from his disciples, these, who are, these guys who are following him, maybe the 12, maybe a, a, a larger group of disciples that are following Jesus. And now he turns out to the multitudes who have probably been listening, but now he's addressing them in particular. And he's saying to these people, and this is a Jewish crowd, that you guys aren't paying attention to what's happening in front of you. You're not discerning the times. And you have to understand that this crowd would have known that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. It wouldn't have taken much research or much asking to find out where was this guy born, and they would have found out he was born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5. They, they would have read the passages in Isaiah 61 where it talks about him opening the eyes of the blind and setting the captives free and preaching to the poor and, and, and all these things. And they'd seen people delivered from demons. They'd seen him open eyes. They'd seen him preach to the poor and, and, and have compassion on the multitudes as he healed the sick and even raised the dead and cleansed the lepers. I mean, they saw all those things and they should have been like, man, what else could this be but the Messiah? But it's not just that. They should have known the time. And that's what he says, you didn't know the time. And of course, Daniel chapter 9 gives them the specific date that the Messiah is going to present himself as the king. And if you count out the days, you look at when Artaxerxes, Longinus, decreed that the city should be rebuilt. It started a time clock of 483 years, and they could have counted out the very day in 33 AD that Jesus would have presented himself as Messiah. They should have known this is about that time. And all the things that Jesus did should have been assigned to them. And, you know, they'd be outside looking at the cloud over the Mediterranean Sea, and they'd say, hey, a storm's coming. Batten down the hatches. They'd feel the south wind blow, as we often do. You feel the south wind blow, and it's warm. You're like, ooh, it's going to be nice. The, the winter's almost over. You guys ever felt that? You know, it's been a long, cold winter, and you feel that, that gale blow, blowing from the south, and you're just like, oh, should be coming this way. You'd be like, oh. That feels so good. I'm so excited for warm weather. And then it's about this time of year, and you start feeling the cool wind blowing. You're like, oh, finally. I'm so ready for the cold weather. You know? And we're so fickle, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're very, very thankful for whenever the weather changes. You know, if it could just be fall and spring all the time, that would be wonderful. And, and we have the saying, same saints, red sky morning, sailor take warning, red sky at night, sailor's delight. And they knew how to predict the weather. Maybe our news stations could learn a few things from these guys. To brace against the storm, to protect their family and their crops and their animals. They knew when to go out and roll up their chariot windows, you know, and, and, or when to leave them as a crack, you know, at the top. They knew exactly what to do because of the things that they observed and they paid attention. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208 365 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.